So you, you have that need, and then you focus on the vision, and the, the vision is um, you know what, what you think that was going to look like. And how we start is we work with a team of designers uh, locally, and once we have a good idea of the vision of what it should be, our designers go back to the office and they start putting the designs to paper. Welcome to the Explore Home Podcast, where we navigate design trends with industry leaders and insiders, interior designers and influencers who inspire the way we design furniture. I'm your host, Neil McKenzie, Vice President of Marketing at Universal Furniture. Today on the Explore Home Podcast, we're excited to welcome Shannon Lookabill, our Director of Product Development. Shannon joined the company in 2019, and to say there have been a few disruptions that have had a major impact on the way he works and develops and designs furniture would be an understatement. Shannon grew up in the industry as his mom was an interior designer and his dad was in furniture manufacturing. He studied at Kendall College of Art and Design and spent 24 years of his career with a boutique firm in Michigan that allowed him to work on virtually every type of room in the home. Over the last few years, Shannon has been able to manage new product development introductions remotely, which is no small feat, and you'll get to see another one this spring. I hope you enjoy getting to learn more about Shannon, and be sure to say hi to him at Spring Market. Shannon, welcome to the Explore Home Podcast. It's nice to actually sit down with somebody in person and have one of these conversations, so thanks for making time for us. Thanks for having me. I wanted to use this as an opportunity. I think, um, obviously, internally, we know what you do and, and kind of what you do for us, and um, you know your background, but I think it would be helpful for this conversation for you to kind of share a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, um, how you got into furniture design, you know, just anything like that that I think will help broaden kind of the awareness of, of your role here at the company. Sure. So uh, the, the background started, I'd have to say, with my mother being, uh, she was an interior designer for the majority of her career, and my uh, stepfather owned a small furniture, custom furniture manufacturing uh, plant outside of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which is where I grew up. So I had spent uh, a large portion of my early high school childhood going to the New York and the Atlanta gift shows and um, got a feeling for what the home furnishings industry was from that perspective. And then um, wasn't sure quite what I wanted to do with my life, what direction I was going to go in. and I started, um, I, I knew that I had a little bit of artistic t- abilities and my uh, parents were encouraging me to look at going to a design or art school uh, in that fashion. And um, so I looked more into it and being involved in furniture, growing up with it, um, it seemed like it was something that I, I knew I was interested in um, and didn't quite have the passion for it at that time because I was still young. Um, but I knew I was interested in it. So I, um, I had the ability through my stepfather to meet several designers here in High Point, North Carolina, um, and talk to them about what it was to have a career in furniture design and just kind of get some more information and see if it's something I wanted to pursue. And the common denominator between everyone that I talked with um, was that you need to go to this school called Kendall College of Art and Design. It's located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So that was where I kind of set my focus. And um, upon graduating high school, I went straight to uh, Kendall College of Art and Design. Spent four years focused on furniture design, uh, residential furniture design, Mm -hmm. uh, in a mass production format. And um, 
I, that's where I developed the passion for it. Uh, I really loved what I was doing. I loved the creativity, and I also loved the engineering aspects behind it, uh, learning how to put something together. Uh, and if it was complicated, the challenge of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. um, so that is where I got most of my, I guess, start in the industry and passion. And upon graduating from college, I had the opportunity to work for a small boutique uh, design firm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it was a freelance firm. We worked for a variety of manufacturers. Most of them were located here in North Carolina. 24 years of my career. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, a long time. And you guys worked on, obviously, a lot of different brands and a lot of different areas of the home from a case good standpoint. Exactly. I, uh, when people ask me, well, what do you design? Um, I can say I design everything from cribs to caskets and everything in between, and because I have. Uh, so I have a nice broad range, and um, I'm fortunate to have had that experience at this firm. That was what propelled me um, into furniture design and wanting, wanting to be in this business. And that's kind of what, um, knowing, knowing your background a little bit, so that's, and, and obviously that, this firm was uh, a firm that Universal had worked with, uh, had a really good relationship with. That's how we kind of got to know you. Exactly. Um, and, and you worked on the account, if you will. You worked on Universal for a number of years. Sure, sure. So the design firm in Grand Rapids, Michigan is called Warren and Associates. Mm -hmm. um, and Mike Warren and myself, um, we worked with a variety of different clients, one of which is Universal Furniture. Uh, we worked, I think, a total of uh, 12 years together on Universal's account and designed a couple of the very first collections uh, once um, Jeff Sheffer uh, became president and CEO, uh, had the ability to get started in, in that fashion. What was the decision like to kind of leave the client side, if you will, and come over to uh, you know, the actual company to work directly at the manufacturer? That was... Uh, a difficult decision. I think it was at the end of 2018 and I had probably made my eighth international trip. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in uh, December and I came home and I talked with my wife and said I think I want to do this on my own. I think I want to freelance on my own. I had developed a few clients uh, on the side with the um, um, with the uh, encouragement of, of Mike and uh, was able to uh, uh, get some great small family-owned accounts and um, develop a business from that that's been very very good to me and I and I told my wife you know I'm, I'm I think I want to do this on my own I'm, I'm I'm to the point 24 years is a long time and my wife was like I can't believe you've been at the same job for 24 <laughs> years she's like most people are three and five and out and on to the next thing and I said yeah I know I said but uh, you know it's been good I've enjoyed it yeah. it was like I had a family there yeah and, and especially me coming from a small town outside of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, literally a small town of 5,000 people, uh, we had one stoplight. And then moving to Grand Rapids, Michigan, I thought I had moved to the big city. And it was awesome. And I loved every minute of it. So I get back on my eighth international trip, and I go in, and, um, and it was a very hard um, conversation to have. And I told Mike you know, what my intentions were. And um, he was, you know, I think both of us were taken aback by it. I couldn't believe I was saying it, and he probably couldn't believe he was hearing it, and, you know, it was just a, a time when um, something was changing, we knew this, and um, he was very encouraging of me to do this, and, and I was like, that, that made it easier for me yeah. to, to make the transition. 
And so we waited a while before we told any of our clients. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know the timeline exactly. It's probably a month, maybe six weeks, and just because it was new for him and it was new for myself, right, right. and just it was important to me that this was yeah. done correctly. Yeah, I mean, most people aren't married twenty-four years. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, I I, I knew Mike uh, at one point longer than I had known my wife. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So made the decision to do that, and then like I said, we waited about four to six weeks before we told any of our clients. And, and when we made that, that announcement, you know, most of everyone wished me well. Yeah. And, and I was thankful for that. And then shortly thereafter, um, Jeff Sheffer, president and CEO of Universal, had reached out to me. Uh, it was on a, I think, a Saturday maybe, and uh, asked me, he said, I got one question for you. Would you ever entertain the idea of working in-house? Mm -hmm. And it completely took me off, off guard. Yeah. I, I was completely, I didn't know what to say. I, I was, the, my immediate thought was, well, no, I, I don't want to design in-house as a furniture designer. Right. I've been freelance my entire life. This is what I want to continue to do. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, no, that's not exactly what I mean. You know, I just, I just want to know, would, would you be open to, you know, come into work for Universal? And I said, you mean remotely? So I could live in Grand Rapids? And, and he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I mean, like moving to North Carolina and becoming a part of Universal. And I, I was speechless. I yeah. didn't know what to say. Yeah. Um, and it, I said, I don't know. I said, I have to think about this. And, and so that started that process. And, uh, you know, it took me a, a while. I, I even talked through it with um, Mike, and my colleague, and my wife, of course. I think she started crying immediately because um, she was from Michigan and lived her entire life in Michigan. Um, and, you know, I, the more I thought about it, um, I didn't know exactly what to expect. And so I called Jeff back and I said, can you give me some more details yeah. before I just, you know, make a decision one way or the other? I said, you know, I, I said, I'm not, not open to it, but um, I'm not looking to make a move right now mm -hmm. and so he explained a little bit more what he was thinking and we uh, worked it out together and I said you know I, more and more I thought about it I said you know it seems like it would be a nice change a challenge it was going to be something that I felt was going to be invigorating for me and after being in one um, profession for 24 years um, you know it yeah I was like okay this is like almost starting a new chapter in my life right, right. and my wife uh, Became, became on board with it. Uh, she had a great job in, in, um, in Michigan working for the contract furniture industry. She worked for Hayworth mm -hmm. uh, at the time and marketing and loved it and um, was able to um, maintain her position while we made this transition and literally uprooted our entire lives and moved to North Carolina. Um, and that was about, it'll be three years ago this coming June. And there's been a few things that have happened in those three years. <laughs> there's been a lot that have happened in those three years. Um, you know, after I had already accepted uh, the job and, uh, you know, told Jeff we were going to make this commitment, um, you know, he replied back, I believe, and he said, well, put your track shoes on because you're going to hit the ground running. And, uh, yeah, boy, did he mean that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Little for sure. did he know about COVID and everything else that was going to happen. And we'll, and we'll touch on that. So, um Talk to me a little bit about, all right, so you come in, you're part of the team, and, and maybe, you know, not, not necessarily for us, but, but maybe, it, maybe that's the best way to kind of describe um, 
you know, what is the process of creating product? Because I think a lot of people have different kind of maybe ideas of what is that? How do we how do we do that? And you know, obviously for us, it's different too, maybe than most industries, in the sense that you know we have our our big reveal every six months. So there's a, it's it's quite a bit to keep up with, and obviously we'll we'll talk through some of the challenges of late that have made that even more impactful. But but what is the process of creating product? The process uh, involves, and it doesn't matter whether or not uh, I was a freelance designer or uh, in the position that I am now. Um, it's the same to me, and it is you, de- you define a need, mm-hmm. you look at your product line, you see where there may be gaps, um, you're missing styles um, or uh, finishes or um, that sort, and then you, um, after that, you you start with a need. You find out from your line what is missing and or you take collections that are in your line that have done very well for many years but they are starting to trend downward Mm -hmm. and you want to breathe new life into them maybe not with the exact the same product but with a similar style that's up to date uh, apparel maybe exactly yeah it's you take a classic and you just update it with Mm -hmm. finish and what have you so you, you have that need and then you focus on the vision and the, the vision is, um, you know, wh- what you think that was going to look like. And how we start is we work with um, a team of designers uh, locally. We pull together what is called, I call like a mood board or tear sheets, and they uh, go all over the place. We meet several times and kind of toss in f- back and forth our ideas of what we all think it should be. Mm-hmm. And then we start narrowing it down. Um, and, and once we have a good idea of the vision of what it should be, um, our designers go back to the office and they start putting the designs to paper and scaling it out. Um, and in the meantime, we're thinking about what is the wood species? What is the hardware finish? You know, is this casual? Is this uh, a little bit more sophisticated? Or, you know, all of those parameters. And then f- from that point, um, after they come back to us with the sketches, uh, we either approve them or we'll have them tweak in some, some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. And then they, then once we give them the go-ahead, they do what's called a detail, a CAD drawing. Mm-hmm. And this is an engineered drawing that basically any furniture uh, facility in the world can build the sample from. And from that point, um, you know, we're working back and forth with the f- manufacturing facility uh, looking and reviewing the actual product, and we're uh, making tweaks, making changes, and it doesn't always go as smoothly as you think. It's not a, we send the drawing to the factory, they make the sample, and we say, yay, that's great. Right. No, it's, al- it's always back and forth because we have to work to their strengths, mm-hmm. and in the same at the same time, we also have to hold true to what we want the product to look yeah. like at the right. end. Yeah. And um, so that's during the sample phase, and then after that, then the product uh, gets shipped on a container, arrives in time for either pre-market or market, and is showcased to all of our, our customers, our, our retailers, our designers, and, and throughout the industry. Now, typically, uh, prior to COVID, let's say, you would make how many trips a year over to the factory? I'd say on average, uh, probably anywhere between five, seven. I think I counted up the most I made in one year was nine. Wow. Uh, it's a lot of time away from home. Yeah. Um, when you factor in that you're gone for about a week, maybe um, 
a week, maybe eight days. You know, I've, I've had longer trips, but that's usually generally the, the timeline. Uh, two days traveling, three days on the ground, and I could be back home. And, and you guys would go physically to the factory to inspect, to look at things, scale, yes. finish, all those things that, that now you're doing a little differently. Correct, correct. How, how has that process been? Because we've obviously been through now, what, three or four markets where you haven't had the opportunity to see stuff until it literally, I mean, in person, right. physically lay eyes on it until it gets here for market or pre-market. Um, obviously now, you know, you're dealing in Zoom and Teams and photographs, but what are, what are some of the things that are different in that process? And maybe even to the lead up of developing product, because I know a lot of times you guys would travel, you go to different shows, you'd you know, you just kind of see what's going out in the marketplace, and obviously that's been a little hard of late. Uh, hopefully, getting closer back to normal. But um, yeah, what 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 is the biggest challenge has been around that whole process of this this massive interruption? Because it, it was a very hands-on, from my point of view, it seemed a very hands-on development process, and now it's Absolutely. been really very very different. Yes, it's been extremely challenging. Um, one thing that it has uh, caused me to do is embrace the technology that has always been there. Mm -hmm. I had just never really used it in its full capacity. Yeah. Um, and and it's worked. It's worked both good and it's worked both bad. Um, the good thing about being there in person when you're reviewing the sample is that you're seeing it with your own eyes and seeing an object, a finish, mm -hmm. um, with your own eyes. It does translate differently in person than it does on a photo or a video. Uh, the photo or the video t has a tendency to distort. So, um, you know, that was taken away from us. Um, a lot of times we would develop the finish at the factory, whereas now I'm having to develop the finish stateside here at our local studios mm -hmm. and, um, you know, then send them FedEx to the factories, have them copy the panel, hope that it's right. Uh, many times they'll have to ship it back two or three times just to get it tweaked so that it's exactly what we're looking for. So that process, uh, just uh, time consuming. Some of the benefit that I see from um, what we've experienced with COVID and us embracing this te new, te not this, not, not new technology, but this technology that we're, we have been forced to use is that I feel that we are better prepared in some respects mm -hmm. um, and I see moving forward that when we do get to travel again I'm still going to use this tool and I'm just going to be that much further ahead so that when I get on the ground I'm I just have everything ready for me and, so it and I can make, make makes you more efficient maybe. it makes me more efficient yeah I do and I do feel this is going to cut down on our international travels yeah. to the factory um, you know quite a bit did you think at the beginning uh, does it does it almost force you to examine everything you know when 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 you couldn't physically go there did it did it change the way did it did it change the way you plan to go execute meaning from like your timelines to all these things now that are requiring maybe more you're you're maybe even seeing things more now than you did before possibly Yes, I think that um, as far as timelines, um, I thought I had a good handle on timeline, timelines, mm -hmm. uh, even during the beginning of COVID. And the biggest challenge, I think, during COVID for our organization, um, outside of 
product development and the, and the difficulties involved in that is the shipping companies and um, we are at the mercy of of, right. of them. That's something that's just, you can't even prepare for it. It just kind of happens. No. And, uh, you know, once, I mean, we have no control once it leaves port. Uh, and a lot of our uh, furniture is, is coming from countries that don't have a deep water port. Mm -hmm. So they have to use a feeder ship into a larger port and then be offloaded onto a mothership. Um, the product development process, um, it has been very challenging. Um, when I would normally go over to a factory and spend uh, three days there, um, it's amazing what you can accomplish in three days versus when I'm doing this remotely, um, depending upon what country we're getting. So say you're probably working at different times than you used to. Exactly. Yeah. Depending upon what country you're getting your products manufactured in, you're on a different time zone. So I could be waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning to do a product review, or it could be Friday night at 9 or 10 o'clock, and I'm just starting a product review. Right. So it just it really upended things in my life uh, from that perspective. Um, and, and that's what I, I do miss about being at the factory is because I'm able to accomplish so much on the ground uh, in just a matter of days, make the decisions. I feel confident with my decisions, whereas, like I said, when you see things on a video or by photo, yeah. you're constantly, I, at least I am, constantly staying awake at night going, well, is that the right decision? Is well, I think, you know, some, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, what kind of screen did you look at it on? Right, and, you right. know, yeah, I mean, what kind of light were you in? And Yeah, I can have. And, but when you're there in person and you make the decision, it's a definitive, I mean, you know. Yeah, you feel good. You feel good about it. So yeah. on the flight home, you're like, this is going to be a great group. Yeah, yeah. feel good about it. Right. Yeah. What do you think, I mean, in your opinion, what, what makes good design? To me, what makes good design, it's a, it's a, a variety of things. It is um, scale, it's proportion, it's finish, like I said before, whether it be wood or hardware finish, and it's hardware, it's, which is the jewelry of the case goods, mm -hmm. and it is uh, in, in the soft seating side of the business, it's comfort. Um, and, and at the end of the day, your first reaction to whether or not you like a design is how it looks. But there's so many other things that are involved in that. Any one of those things that I just mentioned that's either missed or left out can completely throw off a design. And, and, and it, you could have the greatest silhouette in the world. Uh, and you could have the most beautiful um, pinnati oak or reclaimed Russian oak on there, and you put the wrong finish on it, it's done. It's that simple. Just like that. There are so many variables involved. But... Um, like I said, you know, what makes good design for me is scale, proportion, finish, um, the jewelry, hardware, and, and comfort. What, what have been some of your favorite things that you've had the chance to work on since you've been with, with the company? Since I've been here with Universal, one of, one of my favorite projects that I was uh, fortunate enough to work on was our Coastal Living Outdoor mm -hmm. launch. Because for me, that was a category that I had absolutely zero knowledge of and in fact I spent about a year and a half researching this category traveling around to small dealers to large dealers uh, and just getting all the information that I could and just really absorbed myself into what the outdoor category was and what it meant to people and um, that was by far one of my my most one of my most rewarding projects it was enormous um, as far as a skew count because we offer teak and uh, 
cast aluminum, cast concrete, a variety of different materials, a variety of different finishes, um, and um, from all over the, the world. And, um, you know, this enabled Universal Furniture to be known as a whole home supplier to our customers, and that was a big deal. Yeah. And being branded with, um, you know, a coastal living couldn't mess this up. <laughs> so I was, I was very happy with uh, how this uh, turned out, and our team just did a phenomenal job uh, with execution, and um, it's one of, my, one of my favorite projects. And what about on the inside of the house? Like, obviously, you've worked on a number of things maybe prior to being here, but, you know, what are some of the things you've worked on maybe of late that you're like, wow, that, that really turned out? Maybe it's from a, you did it virtually, and you're like, man, we really, we nailed it. Sure. So um, since I've been here, uh, all of the products that we've developed at Universal have been developed virtually, except for the one trip we took at the very beginning of our coastal living outdoor mm -hmm. phase, yep. one trip, and then the remainder of that product virtual. has been developed virtually. So when you talk about the interior of the home, I would have to say Modern Farmhouse has been um, one of the other uh, really uh, fantastic collections that I've enjoyed working with just because we were um, integrating a, a new veneer that had um, some distressing on it that was unique to, to us in our industry that I hadn't seen before. Um, and the category in general uh, was very received out into our, our marketplace and it's out on social media. Um, you know, everyone is talking about it and, and it's called Modern Farmhouse. However, uh, it can fit in a variety of different environments. Yeah. It's just it's very flexible, flexible yeah. it's fresh, it's lightly scaled, it, it's, um, it's just a beautiful uh, collection. Um, that I didn't. I have forgotten the fact that everything you've done, other than outdoor, has been remote. <laughs> I know it's wearing me out. <laughs> In terms of uh, you know this market, we have a new project that we're working on uh, with Aaron Aaron V. Um, that has been it's very unique, I think, in terms of uh, just the number of finishes, the number of materials that are kind of um, you know being incorporated in. It, it's I think it really gives us an opportunity to kind of showcase what we're capable of sure. um, that that does make it kind of stand on its own what what has that process been like for you and uh, you know what are you looking forward to in terms of maybe reactions uh, at market I think that the, the new Aaron uh, V collection by Universal is going to uh, it's going to give us a look uh, that um, appeals to a casual contemporary customer with a higher-end look mm -hmm. um, it's not a European modern. It's just very livable. It's very approachable. This is the collection that we've developed in two years in the making. That's right. We, we started we, it yeah. because of COVID. We stopped it. Now we've you know brought it back into into um, the play again, and we've had we have about uh, probably 15 different finishes. So each piece has its own unique story. Um, there were only a couple of pieces that actually the finishes go together. Right. So there's uh, that very curated feeling when you look at this collection. Um, I think it's just very exciting. We've got uh, three different metal finishes, like I said, like about 15 different uh, wood and paint finishes along with um, some uh, champagne leaf and uh, just some really exotic materials. But uh, how Aaron has uh, envisioned this, pulls it all together, it looks fresh, inviting, and it's a departure from what we at Universal have, have been doing in the past. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's new to us. It's um, a very complicated group, 
from a manufacturing standpoint. Yep. But um, I think we've been able to pull it off, and I think when you see it at market, you'll appreciate all the hard work and effort that went into it. What what is your what's your favorite part about market? My favorite part about market, besides like, the drinking. Well, <laughs> that's fun too. But I, I I enjoy the people. I enjoy the energy, uh, and I look forward to. I mean, I love watching people walk down the street between the show place and the IH uh, FC building and, and our showroom and uh, just interacting with designers and retailers because I'm always looking for feedback and I'm always, I mean, it's always interesting to hear what people are saying we need or, or yeah. sells well for them and I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do we incorporate that, you know, into our you know future lineup? Um, but but that is I, it's a very much a people business. It's a small business, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's it's very much like a like a large family. And I and that that is what I, that is what I love about this industry. Uh, I grew up in it in, in a roundabout way. Um, even though my stepfather and my mother had a, a a small custom furniture business, and my mother had the retail side of it, um, it wasn't on a level say as like Universal or right, some right. of our larger retailers. But I I grew up in the industry and just. That's where I got a love for it. And last question, you know, what what does home mean to you? And obviously, maybe you've had a different perspective on this from moving, let's say, from Michigan to here, and you know, um, you know, with everything, <laughs> with everything that's happened since you got here, um, you know, with with COVID and what have you. But um, yeah, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Well, um, so I this is my fifth home that I've lived in. Okay. Um, I had two prior homes before I got married, and I re- refurbished both of them myself. And um, part of that designer in me that wanted to create a space that was warm and inviting, and, and a place where I could entertain in my my mid to young, you know, twenties and thirties. And um, since I've been married, we've moved in in three uh, three different homes now. This is our third home together, and each place has had its own special uniqueness about it mm-hmm. um, but it's always a place I look forward to going back to every day after work and especially on these long-haul flights um, when I'm headed off to the factory and on a 15-hour flight at some point <laughs> right after takeoff I'm already thinking about man I can't wait to be back home <laughs> and um, it's just a place where I can relax and our home is a very much a curated uh, design aesthetic. It, we have some modern, we have some transitional, and we have a couple of uh, traditional pieces that they all play together. And, you know, we'll, you walk into my living room, I've got two uh, marble um, uh, cocktail tables that are bunched together, quite large. And I walk in, I sit on my sofa, I prop my feet up, and that's how I want to live. Yeah. And it, you know, it, I don't I don't want to live in a stuffy environment. So home to me is a place where I need to be able to feel comfortable and relaxed. You know, furniture, do you think the furniture, maybe for each project, it almost kind of tells a story too, wouldn't you say? Um, you know, just in terms of how what it can represent. Um, again, kind of a little like fashion, I think, to a certain extent, you know. Um, is, is there something there you think that is, is kind of unique about as As you guys go through that design process, in a way you're almost kind of telling, telling, a, story, telling a story. Like an artist might, or a writer, Right. But it's right. furniture. Absolutely. F- furniture follows fashion. Absolutely. Uh, when you look at colors, uh, when you look at fabrics, uh, prints, um, they're always taken from the fashion side of, our, of, of the industry. And um, every collection we have, 
produced does tell a story. There is a certain purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. Why did you want to do this collection? Uh, I take Pass Forward, for example. Mm -hmm. So, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, traditional was fairly strong for Universal. And over the years, that has transformed immensely. If you look at our line today, you know, we have very few traditional pieces, but for our, our Pass Forward collection, we wanted to um, bridge that gap between, you know, old traditional silhouettes, but with updated finishes and updated materials, um, and maybe a lighter scale. Um, and that's telling the story of past forward. You're looking to the past and you're bringing it into the future. And um, I think that that was a, a well-executed collection, you know, how we did that. Yeah. No, it's, it, it is, because I don't think you walk in and feel like, oh, this is a... You know, no, this is this is not my grandmother's right, exactly. uh, traditional bedroom or dining room set. This is the updated, uh, new traditional, yeah. and that's what we set out to do. And um, when we when we did uh, modern farmhouse, I mean, it told a story. It was appealing to all of the uh, social media posts that you saw out there, to the bloggers that were talking about it. You know, it had the uh, the homes that they were adorned either white peaks. They had peaks on their homes. They had black windows. It was light and airy, and um, you know, we were trying to figure out for us what, what would we want to see in a, in a modern type farmhouse setting. But also, it's got to be able to go in many other different environments as well. Right. But the, the new curated pieces are kind of like that as well. You know, very different uh, from maybe what you would think of Universal as offering. Yes. But but fill a very kind of cool little need, I think. You know? So from the curated side of the business, that was um, it was more of each piece was unique. Yeah. To tell a story and and it was an experiment for us in using different materials mm -hmm. that we hadn't been used to using before. Um, so along with those materials, we um, played around with uh, different textures um, and see what worked well. And um, I thought it came out. Uh, pretty pretty nice as for our first attempt at a, at a nice curated group from another country that we had never worked with before and um, doing this all virtually <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with the way that uh, things turned out so well good well I appreciate you making time for us I know you're busy and, um, and you're very uh, welcome thank you for having me we're excited to uh, to see Aaron V in person I think uh, and see the furniture come in and absolutely um, I'll be having sleepless nights until I find out what the reaction is good good uh, well again Shannon yeah thanks for all you do and uh, yeah thanks for making time for us you're welcome thanks for the interview Thanks for spending some time with us today. I've been your host, Neil McKenzie from Universal Furniture. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at Universal Fern.